I want to welcome all of our campuses to week two of our series entitled Spiritual Eyes. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. Now, last week I said this right up front. I said some of the battles and the challenges and the, well, the hindrances that you're dealing with right now, we often don't realize that sometimes the problems in the natural realm actually originate in the spiritual realm. I want to talk to you today, I want to talk to you about the importance of understanding spiritual warfare. I want to talk to you about the dark side. For those of you maybe that are checking out Christianity or maybe that are new in Christ and, and maybe you've never heard a teaching like this before, it's all in the Bible, but the good news is, is that we in Christ, everybody say in Christ, that when we're in Christ, we have authority. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to be worried or fearful of the enemy, but we can actually live in authority over him as we understand who we are in Christ. I want to talk to you today about the power of the gospel to equip us, to empower us, to give us authority. The word authority is an interesting word. In the Bible, there's a difference between power Strength and authority. Authority is the right to use power. There are three common perceptions of spiritual warfare. I want to just give you these perceptions there in the body of Christ. Number one, some people believe that in one corner is the devil and the other corner is God. It's almost like they have on boxing gloves and the devil hits God and God hits the devil and the devil hits God. Almost it's in theology, it's called cosmic dualism. We do not believe that at Church of the King. God is the creator, the devil is the creation, but there is a fight. But the fight is not the devil's getting a black eye and then God gets a black eye. But that's the first concept that some people have about spiritual warfare. Number two, second group of people believe that in the ring is the powerful devil versus the wimpy us. And the odds tend towards the devil because he is stronger than us. I believe that's not biblical as well. The third people, the third group believe that there isn't a fight at all. They believe that when you talk about the devil, it's really mythology, it's folklore, it's not real, it's something that, you know, Hollywood made up somewhere and and, and, and that's not a biblical thing. The, the fact is there is a fourth way that is a biblical way. We believe there's a real creator God and there's a real created being called the devil. I'm going to talk about where he came from. And the fight is not between God and the devil. It's between the devil and believers on the earth. And by the way, by the way, believers that know who they are in Christ have authority. Everybody say authority. They have authority over the works of the devil. How many are grateful that Christ has given us his authority? So, hey, this is a good news message. This message shouldn't scare you. It actually should fill you with faith. Why? Because we're on the winning team. and We have the authority of Christ. In the New Testament, the Gospels, we see numerous encounters with people who are possessed and tormented by the devil. Jesus, on numerous occasions, cast out spirits. He cast out demonic spirits. Pastor Steve, do you believe in demons. People have asked me that. The answer is absolutely I do. People have asked me that throughout the year. Do you believe in demons? Pastor Steve, have you ever encountered a demon? My answer is yes. Pastor Steve, do you think that we encounter demons? Probably more than you realize. 
While what we see in the New Testament is often extreme level of demonization, it's almost like the light switch went on in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The light switch went on. That's Christ on the earth. And all of a sudden, demons are popping out of everywhere. Now, I want to say this. I do believe there's a real devil, but I actually believe he operates in much more of a subtle way in the earth today. And what I mean by that, he operates through mindsets to manipulate people. The forces of darkness want to manipulate people's minds, ultimately to suppress, and yes, in some cases, they would love to do this in all cases, to possess people. Question. All right, pastor. So we know the devil is not the creator. We know that God is the creator. We know the devil is part of the creation. You've been created. I've been created. The question is, where did Satan come from? A lot of questions around that. Where did he come from? The Bible actually tells us. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, if you have your Bible, because the fact of the matter is, is that Lucifer wasn't always one of the bad guys. The Bible talks about that. Satan, he was an archangel, one of God's best and most beautiful angels known as Lucifer. He was actually called in the Bible, the bright morning star. What happened? Satan, even in his beauty, he became jealous with God. By the way, jealousy is a wicked thing. Whenever you want something that God is not giving you, that's why we need to be confident in who we are. We need to rejoice in what God has given us. Well, Lucifer saw the accolades that God got, and he wanted to actually be God. By the way, five times in the scripture, we see Satan co uh, coveting the position of God. Watch this. Isaiah chapter 14. We're answering the question, where did Satan originate from? He was an archangel that fell created by God. Watch this. He was created by God. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Pastor Steve, does the devil influence nations? Absolutely. You're going to see that. He influences leaders. You who have weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will. Everyone say, I will. <clears throat> There are what is called the five I wills. This is what Satan said. Number one, he said, I will ascend into heaven. Number two, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Number three, I will sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. That's why the Bible talks repeatedly about God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pride is the antithesis of humility. Satan lifted up his heart in pride. His heart was lifted up because he saw God. He saw the accolades. He saw who God was, his power, his majesty, his strength. And watch this. He wanted to be God. What the enemy said is, I will be like the most high. God says, no, you won't. No one can ever be like me, God said. And God, watch this. God cast him out of heaven. So Lucifer and Archangel. The bright morning star. Some would say, and some theologians believe in a sense, that he was even a worship leader in heaven. Or he, he led the adoration toward Jehovah God. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, gives us another powerful account. And war broke out in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. And they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. 
I want to say it again like I said it last week. Satan deceives the whole world. That's biblical. And his angels, here it is, were cast out with him. God casts Lucifer out of heaven, and the Bible says a third of the angels go with him. Many theologians believe and many scholars actually believe. Pastor Steve, where did demons come from? Many theologians believe that the third of the angels that tried to lead, they were tried to partake of this cosmic rebellion, that when they were cast to the earth, that those are the demons that people deal with today. So where did Satan come from? Satan was an archangel like Michael, beautiful, the bright morning star. Some would suggest that he led worship, but his heart was lifted up in pride. And God says, "Uh uh-uh, nobody competes with me. He was cast to the ground. And the Bible says he took a third of the angels with him. Pastor Steve, do you believe in the devil? I believe the devil's real. Do you believe there's real demons on the earth? I believe there's real demons on the earth. Now, I want to qualify. Somebody said once, Pastor Steve, you just qualify everything. Because I think it's important. I think it's important you understand what I am saying, but I also think it's important that you understand what I'm not saying. We have to realize that not every bad thing that happens in life is demons. There's two extremes here. One is to ignore. The other is to assign every bad thing. Pastor, I was trying to come, you know, I was going to a job interview. I couldn't find a a parking spot, so I just started binding the parking of no spot demon or something. I mean, just something crazy. And I had a bad hair day. You can't cast out a demon of bad hair day. Can I have a big amen? You know what I'm talking about. You can't. Why is that? That has nothing to do with demons. It has to do with your hair. The reality is, is that all of us struggle and deal with, let me say this, we are all encountering demons. Not every problem is demonic. There are times the enemy's influence, it is blown out of proportion. I understand that. Christians often are led to believe that, you know, that, there, that every single problem in life related to everything is a demon. I do not believe that. I think there's natural causes. I believe that we live in a fallen world. I believe that we live in a broken cosmos. But I do believe that most people don't recognize when the devil is involved. There's a real devil and there's real demons. Reality is, is that scripture teaches us that we have... God's authority, not our own authority. One of the key foundational principles for us to understand whenever we're talking about spiritual warfare, and by the way, the whole world is experiencing spiritual warfare. Matter of fact, some of you in your life, you don't realize some of the struggles in your relationships, maybe in a job, a marriage, there's there's something beyond that. It's much more than just the natural realm. There is a warfare that's going on. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, I mentioned this last week, he says, put on. We've got to make a choice. Put on. Everybody say, put on. We put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the Greek word strategies of the devil. Satan is a factor, and he does exist. In verse 11, we can see that we are to stand against the strategies of the devil. We are to stand against the the, the onslaught, the deception, the only power. I want everybody to hear me, every one of our locations. This is the only power the enemy has over your life is the power of deception. You know, it's interesting when you think about Adam and Eve. When the enemy came to them in the garden. Notice, the enemy didn't come as an elephant. He came as a snake. He came as a snake. Why? Because the enemy comes, watch this, to deceive us. 
Most people don't realize they're in spiritual warfare because they don't understand that their mind is being manipulated by the enemy. That's how the enemy wants to come. Now, the cool thing is, the Bible says that we have authority in Christ. And we, listen, the Bible actually says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, God's people are destroyed, watch this, for a lack of knowledge. That's why we got to get into this book. We got to know who Christ is and who Christ is in us and who we are in Christ. So the reality is there is, a, there is a warfare going on and people are being manipulated in their mind, in Christ. Listen, I want everyone to hear me and I'm going to say it over and over, in Christ. Everyone say, in Christ. In Christ, Satan has zero power and authority over you. That's why you've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know what Christ did on the cross and his resurrection. Satan is a defeated foe. His only warfare against you and I is lies and deception. Our role is to expose that, to tear it down. I said this last week. If we don't yield to Satan's lies... So number one, I want to say this. The battle begins in the mind. Philosophies of the world, ideologies of the world, all of these wicked things, listen, that want to suggest who God isn't, who you're not, what you want. And the enemy comes to manipulate the mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we live in this fleshly realm. We live in the earth. We do not war. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So I want to say this right up front. The number one strategy of the enemy, his number one weapon is to deceive people and to manipulate their mindset. So let me give you guys three things, three ways that enemy deceives. All right, you guys ready? Excited y'all are thrilled about that. Are you guys ready to learn? All right, here we go. All right, number one, let's talk about three ways the demons deceive. Number one, demons influence the leaders of nations. Demons, as they seek to influence people, they want to influence as many people as possible. And they learned a long time ago the way to do that is you go to the top. If you influence a leader and manipulate a leader, you can manipulate a nation. Maybe some of you have read the news recently. You say, man, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. There's a, there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. And you know what the enemy's doing? He wants to manipulate leaders of nations, political leaders, leaders in every sphere of culture. Why? Because if he can manipulate a leader, it can hurt and affect people. Maybe you've asked that question. How can those things happen? I'll tell you why. Because there's demons influencing them. Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. It helps to illustrate. It's a powerful point. Daniel prays, and for 21 days, nothing happens. Watch this. Then the angel of the Lord comes to Daniel and says this. But the prince, I want everybody to hear me, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael and one of the chief princes came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Listen to me. The kings of Persia are literal literal rulers, but there's a prince of Persia that was a demonic, listen, principality that was influencing these local leaders. Pastor Steve, I've never heard this before. This sounds crazy. Well, until you look at genocide, you see why would Idi Amin and these different people around the world, Darfur, all these different genocides that happened in Europe and different places, how could a ruler, how could a ruler kill millions of their people? How could Stalin kill millions of his people? How could they do that? Because they're influenced by demons. 
That's why they can do that. Their minds have been manipulated. When you think about it, all the different things, when a ruler starts persecuting people and taking advantage of people, and yes, even killing. Think of North Korea right now. Think of what's happening, how they'll starve people, torture people, and kill people. What is that? There, that is a leader that is being controlled by demons. That's exactly what's going on. In China, Mao Zedong demonically killed millions of his own people during the reign, his reign from 1945 to 1976. What do you think's behind that? I'll tell you what's behind that. Powers of darkness. Demon spirits. Manipulating a leader to hurt people. Number one, demons influence the leaders of nations. Number two, demons will do anything that they can to lure you away from God. They study you. I mentioned this last week. They know your weaknesses. And they'll do anything to try to lure you away from a vibrant relationship with Jesus. It could be a struggle with a specific temptation. Or they could try to suggest to you the pursuing of intellectual ideas that are contrary to God. Or try to confuse you and manipulate your mind. Ideologies, philosophies of our world system right now. Paul talks about that in the book of Colossians. Not to be captive to, to the philosophies of this world that would do what? That would try to take your... Listen, here's what I found. That if the enemy can manipulate your mind away from God, he can, listen, shift your heart away from God. Demons use anything to lure you away from God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, listen to me, this is important. Everybody hears the scripture. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, that's where we live right now, that some will depart from the faith. Why? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We see a lot of this today. What are demons trying to do? They're actively trying to lead people away from God. How do they do that? There's books right now, right now, going around that people in the name of Christianity, books that are teaching that Jesus is a way, that Jesus is the best way, but he's not the only way. That's called universalism. That's called doctrines of demons. That's exactly what that is. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's books right now, books right now, that people are reading and, and, and Christian. Oh, man, this is amazing. It's just good insight. And, and, it's, and it's denying the deity of Christ. He was not divine. He's just human. He's a good man. Probably one of the best men that ever lived. Probably one of the best people. But no, the Bible talks about he was 100% God, 100% man. The Son of God and the Son of Man. People start reading this. They start getting into this. And I'm telling you, their minds get confused. They get filled with worldly things. Number one, demons want to, they influence leaders of nations. Number two, they'll try to lure you away from God. Number three, demons seek to paralyze people with fear. They want you to go through life worried, in agony, stressed out, always anxious, fretting. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen to this? All the time, just trying to torment, torment, torment. Here's a wonderful scripture I want to give you guys. Anything in your life, listen, that takes you out of the peace of God is not from God. God wants your feet planted solidly in the peace, the shoes of the gospel. But the enemy wants to come as a spirit. He wants to manipulate nations through political leaders and leaders. And he wants to, listen, he wants to try to lure people away from, from allegedly sophisticated intellectual ideas that debase scripture and they, listen, deprive people of spiritual truth. And three, he wants to inflict people with fear. How does he do that? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. 
Fear is both a mindset. I've taught this for years. Fear is both a mindset, but it's also a demonic spirit. You know what fear is? False evidence appearing real. It's not just a mindset, but there's a spirit, a demonic spirit of fear that wants to come and intimidate you and paralyze you. So what does the devil want to do? He wants to influence nations through manipulating people, manipulating leaders, political leaders. Number two, he wants to try to lure people's hearts away from God. That's why I want to expose my mind to the truth of God's word. I'm very careful to not expose my mind just to anything out there. I want the, I want the solid rock strength of God's word and truth and biblical orthodoxy and what the scripture teaches. And number three, a spirit of fear. Now, let me talk to you because this is really, really, really important. I want to encourage everybody. There is a fight, but we can be victorious, but we have to be wise in that. I've been walking with Christ over three decades. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've not seen everything, but I've seen a lot. And I want to give you just three things about the enemy, and then I'm going to give you a real practical way in the end that we can daily live in victory. Number one, we should never treat our enemy lightly. I've heard preachers sing songs and do things about the devil like he... Let me just tell you something. The devil's a defeated foe, but let me tell you, he's been doing this a long time, and he will try to operate through deception. I think that when the Bible says be sober, to be vigilant, because the enemy's roaring around. I don't want to play a game with the devil. How about you? Matter of fact... Not only do we have authority in Christ and we need to take that seriously, but sometimes, sometimes people play around with the devil. They don't know what they're getting into. There was a Acts chapter 19, there was an interesting scripture, a few scriptures where there was some itinerant Jewish exorcists that, that they, they heard Paul casting out devils in the name of Jesus. And they thought it was cute. Guys, this is not, there are real demons, real angels, there's real heaven and hell issues, life and death issues. And I'm going to tell you, we've got to take this soberly and have authority over the enemy. We have authority, but we, we don't need to play games with the devil. And, and the Bible says this. Let me just read it to you. This is important. Acts chapter 19, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. In other words, they didn't know Christ. They thought you could just take the, little, the name of Christ like a little trinket, like a little rabbit's foot. No. Watch what happens. Alas, there were seven sons of Sceva and a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. By the way, let me tell you something. If you walk with Christ and you walk in the authority of Christ, hell knows who you are and that's a good thing. Watch this. And he says, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. These seven men thought that this whole thing was a game. This is not little rabbit's foot here. Oh yeah, um, a movie, Hollywood. No, there's real devils wanting to kill, steal, and destroy people's lives. Now we have authority in Christ, but you gotta know Christ. It's not a game. We don't take the, de the devil lightly. I don't like when preachers making fun of the devil and calling him little names and all this little stuff. And I'm like, I, 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 I just think that we should, we honor God, but we need to be sober about the works of darkness. We have authority over them, but we don't like, I don't like to play games around that. Number two, we don't flirt with darkness. We don't flirt with darkness. 
We never flirt around with the things of darkness. The goal of Christianity is not to see how close we can get to, the, to darkness without being affected by it. That's not, that's not the goal. Let's just see how close we can get. Let's just see what little things we can have in our house. Let's just see, you know, let's just kind of get, that, 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 that's not the goal of Christianity. I want to get away from the things of darkness. I don't want to see how close I can get to them. For example, maybe as a kid, some of you played with seances or lit candles to evil spirits or played with Ouija boards. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, it's not a game. The scriptures teach us that we should never have anything to do with the forces of darkness. Nothing. We don't mess around with seances. We don't consult mediums. We don't visit tarot card readers. We don't even read our horoscope. I don't want anybody's message about my life in my mind except God's word. Are, are y'all with me? Or men and women of God that are walking with Jesus. I don't want anybody reading anything. I don't want tea leaves. I don't want anything. Why? Because you're opening yourself up to spirits. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10. This is the word of God. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices, listen, divination. You'll hear people say this sometimes. Well, I'm a white witch. All witches are manipulative and they're controlled by the devil. Their, their, their goal is to manipulate people. There's no such thing as a white witch, black witch. No, no. All witches, it's demonic. Who practices divination or sorcery, who interprets omens or who engages in witchcraft or cast spells. And I know that there's little tourist things that people like to go to sometimes. And we're going to go to this, and we're going to go see this grave, and we're going to go do this, and this is a little good witch over here. The Bible says, flee from that stuff. You don't open your heart to it. I don't want it around my life at all. Listen, anyone who does these things, it's detestable to the Lord. I'll never forget 19, probably 90. 1990, I was uh, Wednesday night at a prayer meeting at our church. And um, we were at a prayer line, and we were praying for people. I was a young Christian. I'd been a Christian for two or three years. And one of the uh, kind of the, the, the singles ministry leaders, not the pastor, but one of the singles ministry leaders said, Steve, come with me. We just got a call from church, but there's this, this girl that is demon-possessed, and they've asked if there's anybody from the church that can help them. And I said, all right, let's go. So we're right in the car. And we're riding down to go see her in New Orleans. I was in Meadow. We're going, in, going to New Orleans. And when I got there, um, there was a bunch of people there. And we walked into this house. And it was, it, was, it, was the, it, was, it was spooky. I mean, it was just like you would see. And let me just say, it's actually just like you would see in the movie. Her eyes are flipped back. She's talking with a deep male voice. And there's three men holding her down. She's thrashing. She's going back and forth. She's going back and forth. And so he starts praying with her, and he loses his voice, the guy that I'm with. Now, I'm 20 years old. I'm, I'm new in Christianity. I'm like, the guy that brought me lost his voice, and I'm standing here, and there's a girl that's demon-possessed, and three guys are trying to hold her down because she's violent, trying to hurt herself and people. And all I remembered was the teachings from my pastor about taking authority over the, over the works of darkness. And I just started. I just said, I just said, man, I just believe Christ has authority over the works of darkness. And, 
and, and started just commanding that demon to come out of that girl. Just literally commanding that in the name of Jesus. And, and, and ultimately, and so about halfway into it, and, 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 and you, you could tell, you could tell that this demon on the inside of this girl was getting real nervous. And about halfway into there, and she goes, and, and this male voice said, no, I'm not coming out. And she said, and I said, and I said, why? She goes, because she invited me in here playing Ouija boards and I'm not coming out. You can't make it come out. And I went, whoa. And there was just a Holy Spirit mist that came up on the inside. It's like, okay, now this is real clear. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority of you. Devil, take your hands off. Come out of that girl. And after about 10 or 15, finally, that demon spirit came out of that girl. And at the end, she was going, no, no, no. And then she just went limp. And her voice came back. She had lost her voice, and it was a sweet little girl's voice. Now, I don't say that to say that about myself. I, in my natural flesh, I was nervous. But I do know Christ... And I know that light is stronger than darkness, and Jesus defeated the devil. And listen to me. I want everybody to hear me. Don't play and mess around with darkness. If you have a Ouija board in your house, throw it away. If you have anything related to dark things, get them out of your house. Don't go around them. Don't buy them. Don't visit that stuff. Why? The Bible says it's detestable to God. It's detestable to God. Number three. We don't fight with our power, but with Christ's authority. As a Christian, we need to know that. We need to know that we never, ever fight in our own strength. Instead, we fight in the authority of Jesus Christ. Our human power, my human power was no authority over that demon spirit. Are y'all with me? This is not about Steve at all. In my natural, I was nervous. But the spirit of Christ, here's what the difference between power. Power is strength. Authority is the right to use power. And Jesus gave the authority, listen, to his followers over the works of darkness. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he, Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power. That actually is the word authority, exousia, over unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal all kinds of diseases and all kinds of sicknesses. There's authority. Authority. I often use this analogy. I think it's a helpful analogy. You know, we are blessed by wonderful law enforcement that come at all of our campuses and help us on the weekend uh, get, you know, help us to have people leave our, our church property. How many are grateful for all the law enforcement men and women that serve us on the weekend? We love you. We're so grateful for you. And at one time there was this lady and, and, and she, she, she had to be maybe five feet, maybe, I don't know, 100 pounds. I don't know. And she was the tiniest little thing. But I'll never forget, it was one of the most vivid images that I've ever remember. But at our Little Creek campus, she was standing right on Highway 59, and I was exiting it, and there was this huge semi-truck that was stopped right in front of her. And of course, she had her, you know, her, her uh, flashlights and all of her stuff and her traffic signal thing, and it was, and I, and I thought to myself, that precious woman in her strength. She didn't have more power than that truck. She couldn't stop. I mean, that thing would have flattened her. This is not about, do we have, listen, this is not about, do we have human strength over the devil? It's not about our human strength. But when that truck saw that badge, it's actually a 
St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office, when, she's a, when that truck saw that badge, it wasn't her physical strength. It wasn't her intellectual strength. That truck, that trucker saw the authority that's invested in her as a law enforcement person, and that truck stopped. Can I tell you something? When the devil, this, this is important, it's not about your intellect, your IQ, your EQ, it's none of that. But when he sees that you've been branded by Christ, when he sees that you belong, the Bible says you've been purchased with a price by the blood of Christ. When he sees that badge on your heart that you belong to God, you can point to the devil, take your hands off of God's property. Take your hands off my marriage. Take your hands off my kids. Take your hands off my business. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. How many are grateful that Christ has power over the works of darkness? I had no power over that girl. I had no power over that demon spirit. But let me tell you who does. Christ has power. There are so many people that are struggling with so many things in their life, and they don't realize that Christ has power. Light is stronger than darkness. What is it that you're facing in your life? What have you been trying to deal with in your life? When it, maybe there's areas of compromise where you've brought things that you thought they were cute and they were just tourist things, and get them out of your house. Get them out of your house. You may, maybe you need to do a cleansing in your house. Maybe just got, I don't want any of that stuff in my house. None of it. Little voodoo dolls, we're going to poke it. Oh, isn't that cute? I got some friends in from New York. Right now, the Bible says, don't have anything to do with it. Get rid of it. It's detestable to God. And it opens things up in your life. But here's the good news. We've been bought by the blood of Christ. We don't stand in our own strength, but we stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. And we can stand with confidence over fear, listen, over worry, over rejection, over lust, over... Listen, over all the works of the enemy, we have authority in Jesus Christ. How many of y'all are grateful for that? Come on, how many of y'all are grateful? I'm so grateful. I wanted to say this. You don't want to miss next week. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is your life. Listen, first we want to get all of the, we want to break the power in the name of Christ of the enemy's spirit and all of that wicked stuff. And we want to then get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. By the way, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is holy. He makes you holy. He gives you power and strength and wisdom. You don't want to miss that message. I'm going to ask everybody just to bow their heads right now. Every one of our campuses, those that are joining us online as well right now, and I just want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you've never met Christ before. Maybe you've been to church for years, or maybe you just come at Christmas and Easter and but yet you've never come to a moment where you've submitted your heart to Christ. This is your moment. The Bible says this, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to take just a moment. The Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now. The first step to living free from all the works of the enemy is submitting your heart to Christ. Where you lift your voice. Over 30 years ago, I said, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. And God broke that stuff off my life. Then fill me with his spirit. But it, it begins with us submitting to Christ, with us receiving Christ. Do you know Jesus? Are you at peace with God? At the count of three, I'm just going to ask with every one of our locations, those that are joining us online, those that are watching on TV, if you say, Pastor, I need Christ. I need Jesus. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. If that's you at the count of three, would you just lift your hand up high? One, two, three. Quickly hold it up. If you're online, I want you to let them know that, that you're making a decision to receive Christ right now. Right now. 
Let's pray. Every one of our campuses, I want everybody to pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say this. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Wow, what an amazing message. And hey, we never want to rush by without acknowledging what God is doing right now in this moment. Maybe there are some of you who are making the decision to follow Jesus. We just wanna say as your church family, we are so excited for you. This is a huge deal and we cannot wait to see what God is gonna do in your life. Yes, we know that the Bible says that right now, the old is gone, the new has come, that you are a brand new creation. You've been raised to new life in Christ. It is so exciting and it's the best decision you could ever make. And as your church family, we are beyond honored to be able to walk alongside you in this new journey of following Jesus. And if you're making that decision, we have a link right now on the screen or in the chat room. We would love it if you would fill out this short form to let us know and we would love to follow up with you and hear more of your story. Well guys, before we say goodbye for now, I just wanna give you a quick reminder that we are here for you as your church family. If you're walking through something or maybe a family member, a loved one, a friend, somebody you know is struggling with something, we would love the opportunity to partner with you in prayer. We know that when two people gather together and partner and agree in prayer, God hears it and God moves on their behalf. So we would love it if you would give us the opportunity to pray with you. We have hosts in the chat room right now who would love it if you would let them know and they would be honored to get the chance to pray with you today. And with that, we are gonna go ahead and wrap up our time together, but we can't wait to see you next week, same time, same place, as we continue our series, Spiritual Eyes. It's going to be amazing. We love you guys. Have a great week.